Hello everybody and welcome back to the Drama Graduate Podcast. My name is Dara Feely and I'm going to be your host for the next. Um, okay, so I have a confession to make. This interview uh, is with the lovely Emma Creener, who also happens to be an old friend of mine and my housemate, should I say. So the interview ended up being a bit longer than either of us anticipated. Um, so I, it's been severely cut, but it's... The, the full length of the interview is an hour and 40 minutes. Now, do not run away because what I've done is I've split the interview into two parts, um, which both have been released together. So you can listen to the first part as one whole and then the second part as another whole um, because an hour and 39 minutes is a long time for just one, um, one file. And also, I don't think that uh, the providers that I have would accept... A file that length so um yes it's been uploaded into two parts listen to both of them at your uh, leisure and enjoy it and as ever if you enjoy the podcast give us a like and a share um head over to apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating if you could and just leave a, a good review if you have the time and um yeah enjoy enjoy the show So yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start recording. Do you, do you have any questions before we start? No. Cool. I'm gonna start recording. Oh, <laughs> this week on the Drama Graduate Podcast, we have Emma Creener. You could you could do it with a straight face. <laughs> you couldn't muster her up. Um, okay, so thank you so much, Emma, for coming on. And um, what is for both of us <laughs> a struggling Saturday morning after? After two lovely showings After yesterday. After two lovely showings yesterday. Um, but thank you so much for giving up your time. This is so funny. Like, full like full disclaimer. Like, me and Emma live together up in Dublin. In, like, so, like, trying to be, like, professional and kind of interviewee is, like, it's going to be a lot, it's going to be a lot harder than uh, I thought it would be. Um, it's going to be weird. It's going to be so weird. Um, <laughs> so, the first question I want to ask you, if you could tell us your journey from your very first taste of performing all the way to your first day walking into drama school. Cool. Okay. So, <clears throat> I don't know when my, like, actual... Because I'm sure that I did, like, some before my very first memory of doing things. But I think my first performances... So, in, in my primary school in Cove, we have a nativity play. Yeah. We had... I don't think they do it anymore because I think it's, like, religiously insensitive <laughs> to a nativity play. So, uh, we did a nativity play when I was in, like, like, senior infants. And I remember... So, like... So, I've always thought I was, like, the shit, right? <laughs> Even when I was seven or eight, however old I was. So we were doing this nativity play and uh, the, and there were people cast as like Mary and Joseph and all the um, <clears throat> all the wise men and all the animals and but I was like in the choir because I have a great voice, right? Yeah. Even when I was eight with absolutely no voice. And so I was in the choir and I was play and I was one of the people standing in the back with like this um uh, I had you, we all had these red, um, these bright red uh, waistcoats <laughs> with these black buttons and a white shirt and like a bright red dicky bow, right? <laughs> we all looked like little boys, 
And so I was standing up there and I was looking like a little boy and I was singing a, a, a silly song. Um, and But the boy, who was, his name was Adam, he was playing the sheep. Yeah. Right? So he was wearing this, uh, this like sheepskin and he was on the ground in all fours. And then the teacher um, said, okay, Adam, and now you ba. And he was like, I don't want to do that. And, I, and, it's, and it went on for ages of her going, it's so fun. You, all, all you have to do is ah, ah. And then no, I don't want to. And so me being the little altruistic method actor. thing I was doing, <laughs> method actor, I step out from the crowd, very dramatic in my brain, and I go, Adam, it's okay. I'll play the sheep. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> and he was like, okay, fine. And so I like, you know, you know, in the movies when um when police officers uh, take off their badge and they're gone and they hand it over to the yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I took off that dicky bow and I put it in his hand and I took the sheepskin off his back. I put it on. I got down on the ground and and I. <laughs> And the first thing I did when I got down, I went, <laughs> and, it, and I was like, I'm so cool. I'm amazing. I'm great. I'm the coolest person in like the history of the world. And I'm such a good person because I've just saved this. Um, this production. This, this whole production. From having to bath um, in our nativity play. And so I played the sheep. I didn't get to sing any songs. And I got to bath once. But because I um, was having far too much fun, um, I just made this whole, like, the whole way through that play, whenever the sheep was on stage, I would always find, a, find like, a really inappropriate moment to, like, go... <laughs> <laughs> so I really stretched my part, yeah. you know what I mean? I did a bunch more things in that school... The next year I did the next nativity play and I was cast as King Herod. Fuck off. Above all the other boys, right? And it was and it was so good. And, I, and it was like in this proper like musical of a nativity. Yeah. So I got to sing like this great song about wanting to kill Jesus. Um, and it was like about like the clouds. And I was, yeah, I was great. And I, and I had to audition in the teacher's staff room with all these other boys and so she, our teacher got every single boy to sing in a, in the row she was like you sing this song you sing this song you sing this song you sing, sing this song and i was brought in as like a safety yeah. and then she told me to sing that song and i sang it with such deep emotion such gusto yeah <laughs> such gusto and gumption that she was like yeah so so she gave me the part on on the spot so delighted with that were you the only as I said, I, I, huh? were you were you the only girls seen for the part yeah oh and then the next year we did west side story it was our whole primary school did this show and like um i opened west side story uh little known fact when i was eight i also because i was the only singer they had jesus west side story was a wild time um I also um, sang, I basically sang most of the songs just on my own because either other people were too like, I don't want to do it. That's a girl song. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. 
Um, I so I ended up. You know the way that Riff is supposed to sing Officer Krupke. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I you. ended up singing Officer Krupke as an ensemble member with no storyline. Like I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't supposed to be there, and like I was, so I was my little eight-year-old self, and I sang the entirety of Officer Krupke because I could. And I remember I really orchestrated it as well. I really deeply orchestrated me getting to sing Officer Krupke because day three or four of rehearsal Owen put on West Side Story the film and I knew it really well and so when Officer Krupke came on I was like under my breath going and then Owen was like do you want to sing it and I was like yeah and he was like do it and I was like, great cool perfect stunning and then we filmed it and this night several things went wrong obviously because Murphy's Law and so that night for Officer Krupke, at a certain point, I forgot all my words. And so I know I went completely blank in the middle of a song, right? It was, and it was near the end. It was, um, it was like, oh, fuck. It came after like, but I went, Officer Krupke, fa 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 and, um, I think that's my yeah. worst. I think that was my worst night when, because when we were when we were doing musicals, my worst fear was that I'd be singing. Because like I feel like when you forget your lines in the middle of a song, it's so, it's almost worse than when you forget them in the middle of a play because there's the music oh, yeah. that goes. So like you feel like an obligation to the music to keep going because it's like yeah. And I've done that so many times. I think so many times where I've been singing a song and like literally I've just been like. I forgot the words and I was like <laughs> just like And do you know so when you forget so when you forgot the lines then at the age of eight for absolute crooked yeah. what like did that have a massive that must have been fucking nerve wracking. Like did that have a did that have a big effect on you or did you just kind of shrug it off and then go back the next night and do it again? No, because it was like it was I, I, I don't think I actually cared. I think I was I, because because I usually find myself in, in, in situations where, um, like, in, in I usually end up doing <laughs> roles that I wasn't supposed to play in the first place and all that kind of stuff. So I really, so it didn't really have that high stakes for me. Or rather, it did, and I really cared about it. But I sang, and I went, and then I kept going. And I don't think it, I don't think it ever deeply affected me. What it did was it gave me, like, a really really good story to tell people totally yeah um of like and like it's something that should have freaked me out it absolutely should have because that's a really horrifying thing mm. especially when you're a child <laughs> that's a very horrifying thing but it didn't actually scare me that much sometimes when you see stuff go wrong on the stage it fi- like it fixes itself or like i think because i do you know do you know sometimes like do you remember <laughs> this probably one of your own stories but when we were in Little Mermaid together yeah back in 2014 and it, we we were using like a backing track and you it didn't it, like it didn't work or something or something happened or it started so it happened so one of them was when I was on stage with Sarah and we were doing Poor Unfortunate Souls yeah and the music didn't cut out but for some reason it did a loop so they like basically added in so there was like this whole so so basically the song repeated itself from the start halfway through yeah so myself and sarah and like fair play to her like i know that like like it was that was intense because we had to like improvise the whole song 
from the start but we improvised it with all new lyrics yeah it was phenomenal <laughs> i remember was- i just remember standing from side stage watching and like literally i think my jaw was like on the floor because i was there in my fucking little fat suit for chef louis and i was just <laughs> looking i was looking onward and i was like I, and i remember everybody was just piling to the sides and just like on looking at like what was unfolding and we were all just like what the fuck is going on could you want to make another cup of tea I would love another cup of tea. An East Wing that you had to go to to get your cup of tea. I'm currently in the East Wing. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go to the West Wing to get my tea. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, we might as well talk about Manfreds. Let's just talk about Manfreds. Let's just talk yeah. about Manfreds for a bit. How was that? Because really, yeah, absolutely. I, and I, I have a story of how I found Manfreds, which might be of interest to these listeners. Yeah. Once... Trevor took over as like director. Yeah. Um. Then like that summer, there were the summer camps where we met. Where we met, yeah. When I was four, fourteen, I think I was fourteen. Yeah, and, and I was were, sixteen. And I've I've always said I always tell the story of when we first met, and <laughs> you were like, I could tell, I could just sniff off you, like the 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 the. the like the sense of like fear or like as in like of me being like in fear of you I was like this this girl feels this this she feels important and I went up and I <laughs> and I very very like adorably shook your hand and then you were like weak grip <laughs> and, I was, and I was just and I was just like oh Jesus and I told you to work on it you told me to work on it and like ever since then <laughs> to this day and like I was 14 then I'm 21 now Every single time I meet somebody and I shake their hand, I've got you in the back of my mind when I go in and I'm just like squeezing, <laughs> it. I'm like squeezing their hand. Every that's like, do, do you know what that saying is like? It's like, oh, if you ever feel like you shouldn't be doing something, um, just think, would your what would your mother think if you, if she was watching you? I'm always like that when I'm just it's like if I so shaking, if what would what would Emma Creener think now if she saw me doing this? <laughs> so what was the what was the progression for you for for joining a stage school? Like what age were you? Was Manfred's your first stage school? Yes. And when did you join? So, I think I joined, I'm not 100%, I think I was about 10. Yeah. So I'd say like two years after the, um, after the West Side Story incident um, <laughs> of like 2004. Um, I, my, um, my, so my godmother brought me to see a show. Okay. And that show was a Montford show. And the show was Cinderella. Lovely. But it was it was like one of the old iterations of Montfort's um, Christmas shows. Yeah. Right. So it was Cinderella, and one of the girls who was in that show was none other than Julie Maguire. Oh. <gasps> what? I know. Right. Julie Maguire came on stage randomly at one point in the show. I don't know if she was in any of the rest of it. I just remember this bit. She came on. Dressed as Ariel from The Little Mermaid in the middle of Cinderella, right? <laughs> dressed as Ariel from The Little Mermaid in the middle of Cinderella. She comes out, she sits down in the middle of the stage with her legs in like a tail formation and she sings Part of Your World. Yeah. And I was sitting there and I was like, I, and it was, I was in the same choir as her, um, Sarah Murphy. What? Um, yeah. And Alice McGuire, right? So they were all in my choir. Yeah. And I saw Julie on stage and I was like, <gasps> because for some, for some, because you know, when you're a kid, you don't really click things like, you, you don't really think that you can do things on stage. Like yeah. when I did things in school, they were just school things. Yeah. 
I didn't think that I could do things on stage um, for like other people. And then I saw Julie and I was like, whoa, that's amazing. And so I cornered her and Sarah and Alice in choir the next week. And I was like, hi, <laughs> where do you do that? And, and I was like, I don't know how much younger I am. They said, and you I said, did. where do you, where do you do that? And then they told you. And then, um, yeah, they were like, yeah, we do it at, and I was like, what? And, I, and I'm sure they actually told me that they did me at Montfort. But every time they told me, I couldn't remember the name. They yeah. were like, we do it at, and I was like, okay, cool. And then <laughs> I came back to them like a week later and I was like, where do you do that, that thing? And they were like, we do it at, They have she a cove. Teaching. They had a cove branch, did they? I didn't know. They that. did indeed. It started with Miss Burke. She taught me for one year, or like maybe three months. Maybe I was there for the last three months. Yeah. And then she left, and Karen Cotter took over, and then I had her for the next like for years. And then Karen Cotter had to move to wherever she was moving to, and guess who took over? But Laurie O'Driscoll. What? Oh, yeah. Laurie, she wanted to. And so that was gorgeous because because Laurie obviously teaches in um in the tech. Like, I got moved to the Cork branch and I started doing classes up there. But this was after we met. Yeah, and then we eventually ended up in the same class, didn't we? No, we never did. Never we never did. did because I think I think I was always I was always either a year or two years behind you in terms of like what class we could be in. I think. Yeah. Because who was in your drama class? Were you in with Evan McCabe and, and, and Sarah I Murphy? I was. Evan McCabe, Sarah Murphy, and who else was in that class? Was it Dave Thomas? It wasn't Dave Thomas. He was in it for a while. Dave Thomas was in it for a while. Yeah. Um, but, but, we, but we would be more doing, like, the musical theatre classes on a Saturday. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Those big, great, fun ones with um, Laurie. And... <laughs> It was like so we and we we were the we were the group that did Camp Rock, Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which was a show. Like oh, that was crap. a show, yeah, Dara. That was unbelievable. Wow, like we did so well in that. I think. Yeah, we did, and that was my first one because I didn't do Camp Rock. I came in at the summer camp, and then I auditioned, and I remember I thought I was one of the brothers, and I got so excited. And then um, I told I told everybody that I was playing one of the brothers in Joseph, and then I got no. there and I I slowly it slowly dawned on me that I was a part of the ensemble, which I was like that's not good enough. I was like I literally moved from Cork Arts to Manfred so I could fucking play play roles and you know be on stage, and then um, I remember one day I'm sorry I know this is your interview but I just this is such a funny story I, and I feel like I feel like we're such kindred spirits in the sense of like this is something that you would a hundred percent do. I remember that day. Where do you remember Sean McKeown played um the Pharaoh? Ah oh, yes I do. 
and he I, I remember he was he didn't I remember we were choreographing his song and I he wasn't there so they needed somebody to step in for the part of the pharaoh and then I went and then I so I did it I was like, I was like yeah go for it and I I was only there for like two weeks like I, I was so new I was like yeah fuck it go for it and I was there and I went up for it and then um afterwards I went up to Trevor and I was like Trevor, do you think I could like play the pharaoh? And I was so cheeky. I was like, this. I was like, I was like, do you think I could play the pharaoh? And he was like, he says no because it's already been cast. And I was like, oh okay, fair enough. And he says, do you know what though? You would make a great Potiphar. And I was like, and I was like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I and then I went home and I did such a wank. I I researched it, and I like looked up the history. I was only fucking. 14 and I, I thought I was, like, oh my God. I was like I'm gonna pour every single ounce of acting that I can do into this role um <laughs> and it was so funny because it was just the one song and I came out doing like a Mr. Burns impression and like I oh. do you remember do you remember the voice oh god I do I do so remember funny. the voice um, yeah that was great all day every day and so we had like yeah that was lovely. And do you remember that? Um, do you remember the Montfort Studio that's out uh, by Miss Nolan's house, like the one behind Miss Nolan's house? I can't believe you still call her Miss Nolan. That's hilarious. I know. I, it feels weird to call her Eileen. I don't think I ever called her Miss Nolan. I just said Eileen Nolan, and then when she was around, I just never addressed her by name because I was like, I'm accidentally. I always called her Miss Nolan. So, so you go to Montfort's. And yeah. you kind of, that's pretty much where you, like, for the next few years, then that's kind of where you're, like, situated and you're doing the classes there and stuff. And then yeah. w- what was the decision then to audition for drama schools? Well, I kind of figured after I did Hairspray, I was kind of like, I really like this. I really enjoy it. Um, I'm doing ridiculously long days with really really talented people and I really really enjoy it because before that it was like I didn't know if I I knew that I'd I really enjoyed it and I loved it but I didn't know if I'd ever want to fully pursue it and then I did hairspray and then I was like this is actually great working with professionals is really cool and I didn't know I could do anything more than I was doing at Monfort so I was like cool um I'm gonna do my research and I'm going to audition for schools and so I did I so you did you you did you only get into the Lear that year yeah onto yeah the, onto I did the foundation because course. I was I was really bad <clears throat> like I was really awful Dara like I wasn't because I because like the majority of people who get into colleges have kind of they kind of decided like a good long while ago that they wanted to do it yeah and I really didn't know so by the time I was auditioning for the Lear even though I decided that I wanted to try it I still really didn't know and I kind of didn't think I wanted to be like a I was still on the musical theater boat. I was like yeah I'm gonna be in musical theater it's gonna be great and yeah. then I got into the Lear, I got into their um, foundation course. Yes. And yes, I got into the foundation course and I got into it. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, so I was in the Leaving Cert. And so I didn't really try in the Leaving Cert. And I still did fairly well. And um, so I got into the Lear. I got an apartment. Um, I didn't get an apartment. I um, got a room in this kind of student accommodation thing which was lovely and Leeson Street I it? Did, 
Mason Street. Yeah. 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 Did you come to visit me? No, no. Because I was in school when you were in foundation. You were. You were in yeah. school. Yeah. I did the foundation course. Um, do you want to talk about the foundation course, or we talk about how I? Yeah, like I, I think because I I think it's interesting that you were saying you weren't entirely sure about doing it and you were just sort of trying it out and do you think that foundation is sort of where you because I know obviously you 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 had you took a gap year in between your foundation and the BA so was it mm. in the foundation that you kind of decided you wanted to keep going or was it in the gap year or like what what did you get out of the what did you get out of the foundation when you were in it the foundation uh Okay, so I don't think I decided, I didn't really decide that I, that it was something I desperately wanted to pursue until the year after foundation, right? Because when I was in foundation, like, I wasn't exactly ready to be there because it was such an intense environment. Mm. And I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. I went in day one thinking, like, I... So, you know the way that, like, I... <laughs> I like float through life without doing um, any research. Mm. I practically, I'm sure I did learn things, but I didn't really think I did by the time I came out of it. And I was like, okay, I must be a better actor now, but I can't really feel it. Mm. And um, when I re-auditioned, uh, my second round is the first thing you do as you come out of foundation. It was... Um, you know this. It was the worst audition of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and like I did other I did other auditions and I did really, really, really well for like other schools. Yeah. I got I and so clearly it did teach me something. Yeah. But um but because I went in unsure, like nobody can decide that you no, nobody can decide what you want, um, except for you, you know? Yeah. So um because I hadn't fully decided. I wasn't, um, I just didn't uh, absorb as much as I probably could have. Because like, a lot of people are really ready for that and they yeah. absorb tons. But I just didn't. And that was just um, how my brain worked at the time. And usually when you go into those things, you think you are. You absolutely think you are ready to absorb everything. Um, but when I went in, I just wasn't because I didn't really know if it was exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I didn't absorb a lot. And actually, I really can't remember a lot of what happened in Foundation. <laughs> it's a great big emotional blur. Like. Mm. So that was brilliant. And um, then it got round to auditions. And in every school except the Lear, I got called back. <laughs> <laughs> every school except the Lear. And I auditioned for the Lear and, and in the second round. And it was awful I was so terribly um it was really 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 bad yeah. <laughs> um um I did my audition I didn't get through um shock horror all of that I got into a bunch of schools that year but I really wasn't feeling it sure like once once the player said no I was like oh yeah what and so I said no to everybody else and then I decided I was going to do um um, it, it was still soon enough to um, apply for the CAO, so I did, and I put on um, the film course in UCC, film and screen media, and I got it, and then I went to UCC for a year, and I had a lovely time. I um, studied film and English and philosophy, and um, 
I've always been really good academically. Yeah. So that was grand. That was fine. And um, but with film, I got to I got to write a film that they then um, like everybody had to write a film and send it in and pitch it, and then they had to choose the films to make, and they chose seven of our films out of the. 40 of us or however many. They chose my film and I was like, great, amazing. I remember so, that one. Wasn't that the one in the kitchen? It was set in the yeah. kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that. Uh, father and son and who don't really talk and the son in this scene is sort of, uh, he's got his suitcase and he's like, yeah, I'm about to, I'm, I'm going to drive off to the, or rather I'm going to get the train to the airport. Um, or I'm going to get the train to town and I'll get a bus. And, um, it's about like the dad desperately trying to tell his son that he like really loves him and will miss him and he never manages to say it he just um tries to say it through tea and i thought it was really cute and i i'm so dramatic Dara. like i no when i pitched it, when I pitched it never never <laughs> once in my life when i pitched it i cried <laughs> really i Wet. I was standing there and I was like, I just think it's a really important thing to do. And I wept and everyone was like, oh, Emma, it's okay. And then they chose it and I was like, ha, I've manipulated you. <laughs> so they chose it. Um, they gave me a team. I got to, um, I had to hire actors. I Didn't you ask me to do did it? Not... Huh? Didn't you ask yes, me to I do did. it? What did I, did? I did. Did I say no? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I'm such a wanker. Why did I say no? You said no because I think you were like at the time the excuse was that you had to study for your leaving search <laughs> or whatever. And I wanted you to be the son. Yeah. I was like, I know someone who's perfect for this. He's <laughs> his name's Darcy. He's an actor. And Dara said no. I can't. And I ha- I, I, and I, I actually forgot that I even asked you. I forgot that you asked me as well. I wish I didn't remember it because now I just I feel so embarrassed. <laughs> to be fair though, well, you should be. To be fair though, that was my do that. That was through my period where I dramatically quit acting to to focus on leaving cert, despite the fact that oh, I was. Oh, you did. That was gas. That was funny, but you. So you 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 ended up doing the, the film and do you think, was there ever a moment where during that year when you were doing um, in UCC that you were like, <clears throat> like, fuck drama school, I don't want to go, like, I'm happy with what I'm doing? Or did you always kind of know, did you know that you'd eventually end up back there? Well, I never knew that I'd eventually end up back there. What I felt was, so, <clears throat> so I went to, I did the film course because I was like, I, maybe it's, maybe I'm not actually built for it. Maybe it's not where I'm meant to be. Maybe my um, talents be better you know, put somewhere else because I've, because you know, we're all artists and you just don't know what kind of art you're, you're best at. And I hadn't tried films. I was like, okay, maybe that's what I'm best at. And so I tried it. And then by the end of the first week, I ended up in um, this building um, because I thought they're um, with the drama sock because I thought that they were going to be doing drama games that day. I was like, oh, they're doing, um, they're doing drama games and they're having fun. And I was like, oh, that's something I really like about acting is when, you know, everybody gets together and we play Zip Zap Boying or something. Yeah, have a so, laugh. Um, and have the crack. And so I was like, okay, I'll make some friends. It'll be lovely. And so I went there and they handed me this sheet. And I was like, cool. And so I put down my name and they were like, um, they were just like, fill out this sheet. I was like, oh, perfect. 
And so I filled out the sheet and I gave it back to them. And they were like, what, what, what sort of thing would you like to do? And I was like, I like the, I like the title of this thing. I thought we were going to be doing games relating to the Hot House by Harold Pinter, right? <laughs> I handed it back in. And then um, they gave me like a monologue. I was like, cool. And then um, they were like, Emma Creator. And I was like, and so I went into this room I flew through the door I was wearing this great big harem pant I was wearing a ridiculous outfit like I looked awful because I was like I'm here to have fun and so I looked terrible I flew into this room and there was a panel in front of me I was like hi what's going on and they were like do that monologue for us please I was like okay and so I did and then I left and they were like thanks very much Ems and I was like thanks guys and I left and then there weren't any drafts games I was like that was disappointing <laughs> and so I went um home and like <clears throat> three hours later when I was in my bedroom I got a call from one of the guys who was on the paddle saying hi is this Emma Creener and I was like yeah it is he was like I would love to offer you um the role of Lush in the Hot House by Harold Pinter and I was like <laughs> okay really really lovely um, and that film that I made with the thing got selected to go to um, the film festival in Skull. Oh, brilliant. And so we got to... You could have been in it. <laughs> um, um, it during that whole time, I kind of realised that no matter what I do, I'd get pulled back into being an actor. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how much I tried to be a director or tried to be a writer or whatever. Yeah. I was got pulled back into it even when I didn't mean it yeah and so then I applied great crack and then when Lachlan called me I was like okay cool welcome back that's great that's great because I think that's like I think that's a great use of the um the year out as well because it sounds like you were you kind of you kind of allowed the possibility of not going back yeah, and I, I think, very much entertained it. Like. Yeah, because I think that's something that's important because, like, it's, it's you know, thankfully I was able to progress straight from the, the foundation onto the A, but if I hadn't, it'd be so nice to hear what different, what they did in, in between and stuff. Um, so you eventually, you so you get, you may, you, you claw your way back to the Lear. Um, <laughs> and there's a thing that, uh, that uh, what David Horan always said uh, said to us in first year, which always stuck with me, and one of these it, it's become a staple in these interviews, um, is that when you think, you think you come to, so when you come to drama school, you feel like all your problems are going to be solved, and then you arrive and you're like, Jesus Christ, I'm back in it again. <laughs> did you feel that particularly in the first few months, and 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 did you feel it even more so, um, going from the foundation to the BA? Did you kind of notice a big change? <clears throat> yeah, I did. So, um, but, but the, the weirdest thing that I found going into first year was that it kind of felt like, it kind of felt like the foundation hadn't happened. Okay. It felt like it was my first day back. It was my first day there, ever. Yeah. Um, it felt like I had, which, which is why, um, which is why nowadays I think that I didn't absorb that much in the foundation, that I wasn't in a place to do it because when I came back, it felt like the very first day. So that was interesting. Mm. And then, yeah, when you first come in, you kind of go, like like the first couple of weeks, actually, weirdly, 
Yeah, so the first couple of weeks are very, very much like the first couple of weeks of foundation. Yes, they are, yeah. You know? Mm. Like, you get taught the exact same things, except for Hillary. Yeah. She's your new... She, she, she's the new thing. Mm. <clears throat> and so... How's it going, everyone? So sorry to interrupt. I hope you sincerely are enjoying the podcast. Um, and I'm sorry to be cutting in, but I just wanted to ask you all a quick favour. Um, alongside having already done me a massive favour by clicking on and listening to the podcast, which, once again, we really appreciate. What would be extra appreciated is if you would, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could maybe give us a cheeky five-star rating um and maybe write a review a good review preferably um bad reviews they, they don't tend to really help that much um but if you were able to leave, leave us a five star rating and write us a review it could really help stretch the the net that this podcast could uh, could cast the podcast cast um so if you could find the time to do that that would be really really greatly um, appreciated um, so yes, I will not be taking up any more of your time. Once again, if you can, five seconds, five star rating, a good review, it would make the world of difference to this series. Um, and I would love you forever. Genuinely, I mean that. Um, so yes, enough out of me. Back to the show. I found coming in to first year that it wasn't so much um, an oh shit thing, except in Hillary and David's classes. Yeah. Every other class was fine. Every other class I was like, oh, this is great. This is so exciting. This is so new. But when you're with Hillary and David, <clears throat> they're there to teach you how to act. <laughs> yeah. And that's really intimidating. It and is. so especially getting taught by David again, because when you're taught by him, when, when you're um, a very young, impressionable foundation student, um, really good acting teachers can become really intimidating. So when I came into first year, it was like my brain got zapped back into being 18. Yeah. And scared yeah. of David, who's like the nicest man in the world and like one of the best, like honestly, one of the, like, one of the best acting teachers out there. Totally. And then you meet Hillary, and you've and you've met Hillary before in the auditions and stuff, and she's, and she and she's so nice, <laughs> and because she's so nice, it just makes her like the like the first couple of weeks. I remember being even more scared of her because she was just so lovely. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's something wrong here. <laughs> she's supposed to be like yelling at me, or maybe she maybe yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you sort of hear about them being evil, but they're just so lovely. And because they're so lovely, the way they like, um, the way you learn is by, like, they sort of tell you what it is that you've done wrong, what it is that you do better, that you could do better. And they do it in such a nice way that it's almost harder than if they would have yelled at you for being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They were my really, they were, that was where my anxiety was through the roof, like, Getting up in um, acting technique was so hard. Um, doing all those improvs for David was so hard because when you come in, you sort of, um, or at least I always thought that I was really bad at improvs. Mm. Like I thought it was, I was terrible. Like yeah. I was fully convinced that I was terrible. And because I was so convinced, 
I sort of made myself really bad. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. Those yeah. things I would try so hard not to be. Mm. And then you find out eventually that um, that when you try, like that's that's really not the point. That you really should just let yourself do whatever, yeah. and you find that out later. But yeah, the first couple of months were terrifying. In like, but movement had the best time. That was so much fun. I knew that Sue was nice. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. knew that already. So so I had so much fun. Um, yeah, because I, I I definitely yeah because there is a definite thing that I felt um coming from the foundation to the BA where I just I just felt such a long period of having to like settle down. Like I remember, yeah, because I think it is that thing is like you kind of. Because in many ways I was expecting, it's like, oh, I'm just going home. Like, I'm going back. But then when you start off again, you're with a whole new group of people. Um, yeah. You're with a whole new set of, uh, like, the first, like, when the people who were in first year when you were in second year, or when you were in foundation, uh, progress on to second year, and they become very busy, and they become very distracted. Um, and you're just encountering all these new things movement and voice like they're all great classes because you're just exploring and you don't bring like self-imposed insecurities and myths to those classes you're just doing them yeah because they're completely new to you exactly but with fucking those acting classes like that's when like the myths that you kind of build up in your head of what drama school is meant to be like comes true like i, th- I yeah. feel like Anybody who's watched Whiplash, J.K. Simmons and in, in Simmons and oh, Whiplash, yeah. I feel like that's what they think drama school to be like in a way. Um, but and I, I always say that I always think that like I say, I can imagine the teachers would just love it. And the first day they like opened up our scalp and like put the message in there that it's grand. I was like, what you're doing is <laughs> it's like what you're doing is fine. Go at your own pace. Like that's it. But like it's impossible because even even if you're told that. You still don't believe it. You know, you still have to go through those motions of what you're doing. Um, and did you feel, because a, a big thing that is always kind of talked about amongst actors and people and stuff is that feeling of imposter syndrome. Like you're constantly, oh, yeah. yeah, like you're constantly on the cusp of being found out, that kind of thing. Did you feel that a big, a big bit? In... Absolutely. Yeah, no, you feel that so strongly. Um, yeah, and especially in, because uh, you go to a course like the BA in acting to learn how to act, right? And so the only classes that have really, really high stakes are the acting classes. And those are with David and with Hillary. And in like movement, you can feel, you, you, in movement, you don't really feel like an imposter because you didn't come in knowing how to move and you didn't come in saying you knew how to move exactly you yeah. just yeah so 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 you just came in and you expected to be taught but you come in sort of saying like it's almost as though you expect everyone to think that you are an amazing actor oh yeah and i don't think any actor feels like an amazing actor you know no. and the reason you come to school is because you're really quite shit yeah you know like like you're like we were everyone who comes into first year we're all really really bad, bad. Yeah. but with incredible potential the reason we get we get accepted is because we have the potential to be great because only great actors can be really really bad yeah <laughs> and we all do just awful acting in the first couple of months and that's the point but like 
and and you see all your friends doing so well and you're like oh damn it it's just me i'm the only one that's awful yeah i am the worst actor that has ever lived i don't belong here um eventually someone's gonna pull me aside and tell me that that a mistake was made yeah and that they actually wanted to bring in um emily crean yeah and they've been too uh and they've just been too uh like uh embarrassed by the mistake to tell me up to now yeah and you just constantly feel like someone's going to take you aside and tell you you're a bad actor and it never really happens no and like that no. yeah obviously like mm. what's a recurring theme in this myriad of um interviews so far because you're all in the same year is that your year is quite uh there's a, a neat balance in terms of age range like there's people who are late 20s early 20 like who started out when they were 18 and now in their early 20s like so how did you feel that did you ever feel like you um would have benefited had you come to drama school or later or did you feel that you kind of came in at the right time for you or like bob but like i always feel that's a weird question to ask because it's like obviously you came in at the right time because you got in but I feel like some people might have this feeling of like, maybe if I came in a bit older, I would have gotten more out of it. Or, you know, that, did, you ever, did you ever feel that? Um, no, I, I pretty much feel like I came in at the right time for me. I know that like um, the, the people that let you in, the teachers, they're not, they're not omniscient. They're not, you know, they don't know everything but they, but they all do have, they seem to have a relatively solid instinct for when a person is ready for training. Yeah. Just from my experience, I think that I, am a, I, I, when I came in, was at exactly the right point in my, like in sort of in my mental and internal development. I was at exactly the right point to be able to absorb everything that was about to be thrown at me. Yeah. I was fully, like at that point, I was fully open and receptive hmm. and ready for absolutely anything, yeah. which is completely different to how I was when I was younger. Like just, at, yeah, at that exact moment, that's I, I was exactly right. Hmm. And so when I came in, I was still exactly right. And then of course you, um, you go through your, awful imposter syndrome and that that stays with you that uh, that like god it really doesn't get me better yeah or like i'm sure it does i'm sure older actors have um have gotten over it uh to a significant degree but i haven't yet like i'm still like i still (laughs) in myself like i and i know that i know this isn't true but this is what I say, is that I know for a fact that I am the only person that doesn't belong to be, that doesn't belong here. That's not meant to be here. I'm the only person who was let into this year as a bad actor, you know, because yeah. I have such a high opinion of everybody who I got. Him. I think I was, I feel like the luckiest person mm. ever to have got into the to, to to have been at the age I was and the openness I was to get into the year that I am in now mm. because the people in my year are just 
unreal. They're fantastic, like they're yeah. unreal. Like we have so many in like I feel like we we all came in at exactly the right moment for everybody else as well. Totally, yeah. You know? I could really feel that like from week one. I think, yeah, endlessly lucky to have been with the people I've been with. And they're all so good that you kind of that you've got no choice yeah. but to improve. Yeah, I feel you've like got that's no choice. Absolutely. I feel like that's such a big thing that I feel because I definitely have that sense as well of the wild card being like the fear of being the wild card because you look yeah. around and you're surrounded by these incredibly talented people and you're it's so frustrating because I love I would love it if you were able to see the way you develop like you see the way they develop like there's some like we had like we had two showings yet we had our two uh, second year showings yesterday and I was watching the people in the in in the other group in my ear and I was like wow like because I haven't seen them act since that we were in first year in terms of like I haven't sat down and watched them act um, because yeah. we've just been doing shows together but like it's so insane to see how they develop and you it, it's not it's not even competitiveness it's just so you you feel like you don't let them down in a way not let them down but you kind of you yeah, always, no, you always want to you always want to be on the same level as them because you're like they need me to be as good as their being despite the fact they don't need they don't they don't know how good they're being do you know if anything cuz sometimes it's hard to motivate yourself by just by just yourself like some like that's what I feel anyway. Sometimes it's kind of hard to be like, I need to do this for me because it's such a weird thing. It's such a hard thing to kind of push yourself into because you give so much of yourself to it. But I feel like if you, a great motivator is that like, okay, but my class, like my colleagues, my the other actors need me to bring my A game so that they can, so that they can shine. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that's... I absolutely agree with you. I think that probably the best thing about doing like a course is that you're with all these other people that you feel such a responsibility for like you feel such a huge responsibility for their growth that you know that if you are not bringing if you are not like being your best self if you are not giving them everything you have they're like because we all know what it feels like to be left hanging like you all we all know what it feels like to be to to have an actor opposite you who gives you nothing and you never ever want to be that because you feel such a responsibility for everyone else and yeah i think that's that's a brilliant thing about training is the whole ensemble thing yeah like you really really learn how to how to support people yeah i absolutely have to be a good actor for For the other person yeah so that's the first half um of emma's episode the second half is literally just sitting right next to this one. Um, listen to that whenever you want. Take a break for yourself. Go get a cup of tea, cup of coffee, or leave it a day and then come back to it again. Um, whatever you want, like it's up to you. I'm not, I'm not there with a the gun to your head. Um, if you enjoyed the first half, which I'm sure most of you did, um, give us a good review. Give us a good rating, please, if that's, if, that, if that's not too much trouble. And just like and share the podcast, you know, uh, tell your friends about it, maybe. That would be greatly appreciated. And, um, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the first half of Emma's episode. And uh, head over to, right next to this one, just listen to the second half. As ever, if you want to find out more about Emma, just head over to lear.e forward slash students. 
and uh, you'll figure out all you need to know about that absolute legend right there so once again thank you very much for clicking on and um see you in the second half of this one